It takes more than squinting at your SQL hard enough so you can call it machine learning to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering episode 1000000. Was that eight zeros? I don't know. <laughs> Lost My track. brain doesn't have the technology to count how many zeros in a row you said. It was supposed to be eight zeros, which is episode in, in, in decimal for people who actually use that archaic base 10 system is episode 256. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers who like to think in decimal and binary. Jameson, have I, have I ever asked you why the hardware engineer always confuses Christmas and Halloween? No. Because oct 31 equals deck 25. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Acknowledged. <laughs> um, That's a really good way to respond to a joke. Uh, <laughs> machine learning means you learn about how the machine works, right? right? <laughs> I'm learning about machines. I'm yeah. S- I'm starting with levers, simple machines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I thank our patrons? Yeah, go for it. I mean, this isn't going to get any better, so you should just go to the patrons. All right, let's move on. <laughs> thank you so much to these people who have contributed for shout-outs. Thank you to Bananas, and then thank you to the folks who contribute every uh, month at the level where we shout them out every single month. I mean week. <laughs> Close enough. It's just, so month is is a week in binary. I'm still That's doing right. that conversion. And- <laughs> <laughs> I meant I meant an octal month, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you to Ira Chan, Eric Larco, Smiling Monkey Emoji, Jonathan King, TestingIsDocumenting.org, Adrian Wording, Roman Denisov, Fizzbuzz Influencer, Oladapo Fadier, Karen Svainson, Ragnar Hardison, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Kane, Stephen Armin Lee, John Grant, Taras Haruk, Chris Hogan, The Agile Ventures Charity, Nick Cantar, and Philip John Basile. Thank you to that group. And if you want to join them or just help support the show, you can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon. <sighs> click support <laughs> us on Patreon. But the problem, Jameson, is you have this 8-bit system and we just blew past it with this episode. Yeah, that was yeah, that was my language center overflowing. Yeah. <laughs> you also just briefly called me Dave for a second. So Did I, I think you have oh. yeah. I must be short-circuiting, too. I'm saturated. Yeah, yeah this is going to get weird. We're about to crash into the surface. Wasn't the Mars rover crash an overflow thing because they used oh, the wrong? Yeah. Or was it just because they used the wrong measures? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so I do remember a... I'm just looking it up. I do remember a couple of different instances where one was a conversion between Imperial units and metric units. Yeah. That went wrong. I don't know if that was the very first Mars rover that drove off the platform and then just stopped like three feet off the platform. I think that was one that just smashed into the surface of Mars because... Yeah, it was like meters. Oh, we have we have tons of meters yeah. left. <laughs> <laughs> so many. No, it was feet. It was like, oh, we have so many feet until we crash into the surface. Uh, it yeah. was meters. You fool. You should have been using cubic fortnights. <laughs> Imperial, imperial measure. Wouldn't it kind of make sense to use just some completely obscure measurement system so like no one can ever be wrong? It's like, or not wrong, it's just no one ever wonders, are we using meters or feet? No, we're using the length of the NASA director's left pinky. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm wrong anyways. I do not think there was a, I don't think there was a famous, anyways, ignore me. No, there was. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Hold on. 
Okay. Yes, how NASA lost a spacecraft from a metric math mistake. I'm just going to go ahead and put this in the show notes. This is crucial information. <laughs> but that's the that's not an overflow. Is just oh right, sorry. They My, multiplied by the wrong number. Oh, I totally got off track there. Yes, I was recollecting the the, the unit conversion problem, not the overflow. I don't remember an overflow one, but whatever. I mean, I wouldn't remember because my language center is all jacked up now. So how would I know? Derek 25. That's what it was. Do you remember that one? Derek 25? Therak. Oh, nope. This is this is a classic, like, dangers of poor software story. Oh. It's like an x-ray machine or some, some medical mm-hmm. device that uses radiation. Mm-hmm. And it had a bug in it that caused something to overflow. Oh. And it gave a bunch of lethal doses of radiation to people because oh, it, it yeah. messed up their their settings. Ah, well, can't say I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I yeah. don't work in medical equipment. Yeah. It takes a special steady hand to be a medical equipment software engineer. So you're about to get lethal doses of off-topic rambling. <laughs> we've overflowed our eight bits oh man do you want to read our first question dave i will this comes from an anonymous listener who says hiya thank you for the show it's very insightful and both of you are pretty charismatic (laughs) (laughs) kind of thank you (laughs) i feel pretty grateful for that comment okay continuing without getting too much into the details i had a number of difficulties when i was younger which caused me to never finish my computer science degree i took a job as a business intelligence analyst because i needed to move out fast forward a few years and i am now an engineering manager for one of the biggest companies in the uk nearly two thousand engineers and around a hundred thousand employees overall I consider myself incredibly successful for my age. I just turned 30. I manage two teams of 11 people and four people that are seen as top performers in the data engineering department, and that is credited to my leadership. I've always been very self-conscious of the degree situation. I've tried to finish it online a couple times, but I simply can't find how. I'm now being asked to apply to my boss's position as senior engineering manager, which could mean being responsible for six teams of around 10 people average and a sizable budget. I live in constant anxiety from the possibility of hitting a ceiling or being confronted about the degree situation. While I didn't hide it on the interview process, it's not something I advertise at all. But I got to a point where I just don't know what to do about it. And so that would be my question. What would you advise for someone in my position? Don't do what that Yahoo CEO did, which is lie and say you have a cs degree and then get found out and get in legal trouble because you said you had a cs degree in some like shareholder disclosure document that was supposed to tell the truth and then leave and claim it was because of thyroid cancer but then very (laughs) swiftly after become the ceo of of some other company (laughs) oh man okay that was 2012 i'm looking it up yep don't do that Scott Thompson. Don't pull a Scott Thompson. Okay. Got it. So you didn't say I have a degree, but you didn't say I I don't don't. have a degree either. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Do you think someone will ask this question asker, hey, did you get a degree? Is that just going to, is that going to come up? I think the chances of that coming up are directly proportional to the size of the company you work for. Like, Chances go up if the company is bigger? I think so. Like at some point, it might come up. 
in like the interview process or just in in the normal casual water cooler chat oh no i'm thinking <laughs> education <laughs> <Yeah>. credentials. <laughs> no not at the water cooler what's a water cooler anyway i haven't seen one of those in a while <laughs> need to get one of those installed in my home office here yeah no i, I think that the likelihood that HR makes it a thing at some point in your future is higher the bigger the company you're at. So for example, they might say, oh, you're being considered for a senior engineering manager position, eh? Well, I have a checklist for that. Yeah. So I, I don't have a degree. Now I'm one class short. Sometimes I have nightmares that I'm back in school. Sometimes I have good dreams that I finished that one class. But oh. part of my brain is still thinking about that pretty pretty regularly. <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly. But just to be fair, just to be fair, Jameson, I, I do have a degree and I also have those dreams. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't ever come up. No, it did come up. It came up in that my employer used to have a separate title for it's the same level, but someone without a degree. Oh my gosh. They just got rid of that a few years ago. I think that was kind of a leftover of an older... Ugh. system but since and it, and it had no effect on like pay or position or anything we just, just want like, everyone to know this is a non non-degreed engineering manager yeah exactly <laughs> oh that sounds awful what what was the title do you know what the title difference was did they have like engineering manager comma not classically trained <laughs> i think it was technical expert something like that principal technical expert or chief senior staff something like that it was something plus technical expert the technical expert was the thing they bolted on to say i'm not i don't have a, a, a degree yeah instead of like title software engineer okay but i don't think it went into being selected or not selected for the role okay part of me thinks that if if you're already there that they will value your experience and internal credentials a lot more than whether you have a degree or not yeah i mean for sure don't lie about it if they ask you but you're you're more of a known quantity than some rando. Yeah. The other thing is I don't know at what level this becomes important, but I think at some level your like public brand for the company is important and often degrees or especially fancy degrees are important for that. Like probably the CEO of of this 100,000 person company went to some prestigious college somewhere. Yeah, good chance of that. And maybe they wouldn't be the CEO if they didn't go there. Probably in the Boston area. Well, they're in the UK, so. Uh, oh, so so Oxford. <laughs> yeah, just teasing. Or both. It could have been both. Probably both. Yeah, you're you're probably right. But I feel like senior engineering manager, especially at a company this size, it's probably not big enough that that matters that much. Yeah. Because you're probably not going to show up in like a board meeting or, I don't know, as the public face of this company or anything like that. Right, right, right. And if they need some indication of your prestige or pedigree that they can share, I'm sure they have a wealth of things to pull from that don't need to include your your degree, you know, if they need to put your name on a document or a website or something. Yeah. I am now being asked to apply. I mean, I think that means someone is pitching for you. Yeah. And if the person pitching for you discovers that you don't have a degree and they're horrified and then they, they withdraw their support, it wasn't very good support if it's only predicated on if you have a degree or not, like 10 years earlier. I mean, yeah. presumably they're asking you to apply because you have done great work at the job and you'll do great work at the next job. Yeah. Plus you get to be like the cool, rebellious Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> yeah. startup-y 
genius dropout. Yeah, that's the thing. Like the icons in the industry who we hold up the most don't have formal education. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, some en- enough of them don't have a formal education that I think you've got plenty of leg to stand on. Yeah, yeah, I think you'll be fine. Um, would you would you try and get in front of it though and say, hey, by the way, I don't have a degree? I oh boy, probably not. But here's what I would do. I would, you know, I, okay. So I just my mind went right away to your LinkedIn profile, and I'm thinking. I know. About, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so easy to just write the name of a university at the bottom of your profile without saying that you got a degree on a particular date or what the degree yeah. was, and it's probably best if you don't lead people to believe that you might have a degree if you know what i mean yeah i remember finding out live while recording this show that my linkedin profile said like graduation date this year some some Uh year and it was past some year i remember i had written that when i was (laughs) expecting to graduate then so and just never updated it right yeah i just never did yep i don't even know what it says about my degree right now i think it just says i went there but that's all i went on the campus of harvard <laughs> that's like those people that do the open courseware things and then say like mit graduate or whatever yeah exactly so i so that's how i would get ahead of it is i would make sure that your linkedin profile and resume make it obvious sorry i'm gonna i have to very carefully use my words here don't lead people to believe that you have the degree when you don't but mm-hmm. also don't go out of your way to tell people you don't have the degree and i think you'll be fine so earlier in the show i said the chances that it will matter go up with the size of your company i still don't think it'll matter in your case yeah but here's the thing though i'm reading into this question and i'm hearing a fair bit of nervousness about this and i'm afraid that this is like cutting into your brain power and making you feel making you less productive because you worry about this thing And I found that in that kind of scenario, the best thing to do is to go find out if it's going to be a thing. And this is a conversation you could have with an HR person at your company, which given the size of this company, I guarantee you, you've got an army of HR people who can answer questions like this. And you could ask them, Yeah, is there a ceiling at this company based on education attainment or is it only based on performance? And just put that to bed, put that question to bed. Yeah. Do you think it should be someone connect like a a close person connected to this job or just find a random HR person? Because I could I could see it being easier for it to be a hypothetical if it's like someone who isn't part of your org, but also maybe they just won't even know for maybe it's different for each org. Yeah, that's a good point. You want to find someone who has the definitive answer. And if it turns out there's different answers in different orgs, maybe it makes sense to chase down this information from multiple people. But there are lots of different vectors you can do this. Some companies have the ability to submit anonymous questions. You know, maybe mm. do that. But I wouldn't I wouldn't trust this to one person's perspective. I'd probably get the answer from two or three before I said, okay, this is solid. And so I would probably chase down an HR person who's distant from me, maybe an HR person who's close to me, and then a uh, like an anonymous question vector. But I would do, I would do all of this after you've got the new job. because it's a lot harder to strip the title away from someone than it is to deny them the promotion in the first place just in case so say you get the role or you don't get the role even but say you get discovered and it's somehow Mm -hmm. awful that's when you start to rail against the ivory tower and credentialism and academic bean counters who have no practical experience and you just gotta like turn it into a strength you're more in touch with the real world. <laughs> yeah. 
You're pragmatic. That's when you go and just do some open courseware classes and call it a day. Call it a day as in say, yep, that's I, I do have a degree. That's in right. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> I, I have a PDF certificate from Coursera. Yeah, just just mumble PDF really fast. That sounds like PhD. <laughs> yeah, we have PDF. Uh, <laughs> I have a PhD. <laughs> oh, brilliant. There you go. That's the solution. All right. I think we've solved it. Should I read our next question? Yeah, good luck. And, and try to find a way not to worry about this anymore. I don't think it's going to be a problem for you. I don't think so either. If you're already in the door, it's it's often, I feel like places that have it as a barrier put it up front. So That's right. Yeah. But, but once you get past that barrier, you're good to go. All right. Read our next question. I will. This is from an anonymous listener who says, I'm working at a small company where we used to have two developers. Both of us had at least 10 years of professional experience, and both of us are around 28 years old. A few months ago, our bosses decided to hire three new front-end developers, and all of them come from bootcamp. That wouldn't be so unusual, but all of them are 35-plus years old and have families and basically just six months of experience. This causes a lot of friction in our team. We're trying to mentor them in best practices and experience we've gained over time, but sometimes they don't accept it because we're just too young for them. In one case, 10 years younger. Do you have any tips for how to approach mentorship when it comes from younger to older dev and how to overcome the 10-year barrier? Ah, you got yourself some old whippersnappers. (laughs) Yeah. Old but young. (laughs) Yeah, this is interesting because usually the benefit of old man yells at cloud is that the old man knows a lot of stuff. But in this case, it's like... The inexperienced person yells at the cloud. Yeah. Maybe it's literally the cloud of like cloud computing. Right. right. <laughs> like this AWS mumbo jumbo is nonsense. <laughs> Should make it more like plumbing, my previous career. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, this is a strange situation. Which it is. I mean, it's a series of tubes, so yeah. <laughs> they're probably okay. You've hired just the right person for this job. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I... I got to say, when I hear all these numbers, 28, 35, I'm like, I'm older than all of you. (laughs) I don't know whether to be proud of it or ashamed. Proud shamed. I'm reading this again. This is interesting. They're 35 years old and they have families. It's like, that's like a negative. (laughs) Yeah, the family part. They're old and they have families and they have no experience. Like, well, I don't know. I have a family. They're pretty cool. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that just means that they don't have a lot in common because these 28 year olds do not have families yes by definition they were raised by wolves (laughs) (laughs) no progeny no ancestors they're just alone they stand alone yeah yeah here's something that struck me odd from this question we have 10 years of professional experience and we're 28 years old that's incredible where at age 18, you were working full-time as a professional software developer? It says around 28, so maybe they're like 32, because <laughs> that's kind of around 28. Okay. <laughs> it is in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so how do you... Uh, you, you know, the boot camp does... Or not even boot camps, but second career developers are kind of in this tricky situation uh, where they show up, they look like they have more experience. Like, if you if you just 
interpret the pixels of their faces, <laughs> a machine learning model would predict that they have more experience yeah. than they do. I mean, I would never, of course, I would never rush to any judgment like that. But a computer might, and a 28-year-old might. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and but, and yet they really have effectively zero experience, right? Like six months of, of experience is, is essentially zero, especially when like five and a half months of that was in a classroom setting. So how, yeah, how do you take a young person who has a lot more experience and then have them lead an older person who has a lot less experience? How do you do it? And why does it matter? Why does their age matter so much? I think their age matters because there might be some expectation of like deference or like I, I'm older than you. I should know more stuff. Maybe they, they maybe the question asker feels that or maybe the the newer developers are actively communicating that. But Yeah. Like they're they're not the, the fresh, impressionable young young whippersnappers. They're yeah. the old whippersnappers. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> like you're you saying- said. Maybe the situation is that these old folks are are just unwilling to listen to to people that they perceive as too young to have anything good to say. Yeah, like they they don't value the experience because it's it's fewer years than they have, even though it's more years at this career. Right, right. And being a junior developer is hard. There's a lot of getting stuff wrong and having uh-huh. no idea what's going on and asking lots of questions and messing up and getting stuck, like. It it can be hard if you have an ego that you're trying to appease to yeah stumble through that and maybe that's the answer you said it's hard and they make a lot of mistakes and 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 that is true being a junior developer is like that maybe they just need a taste of the real world maybe what they've had was this incubated bootcamp experience for six months where there were no real serious consequences for mistakes and now they're in this quote real world real job. And maybe they need to get a couple of good mistakes under their belt. So maybe you need to let them spread their wings, fly, and then get their wings clipped. Yeah. Do you think it's worth raising this issue to the bosses? Plural, because they say there's more than one. Hmm. Since the bosses made this decision? I mean, it's it, it kind of depends on whether they're making a bunch of mistakes that actually matter or if they're just refusing to listen to you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I could see it feeling a little bit like I don't know, tattletailing. I mean, I, I think feels like a time machine would solve this as would most uh, most problems <laughs> be solved by a time machine. That's another, okay. that's like the third most common thing on our show. Yeah. After quit your job and talk to your managers. Right. Time machine. Yeah. But it feels like they need to have expectations set for for kind of what, what is their attitude towards learning and being mentored as, as newer developers. And... Maybe there was just an assumption that they would be very, uh, I don't know, pliable is the wrong word, very open to learning uh, because they're new and they just aren't. But I, I feel like I feel like I would want to check for that. If I was hiring a junior developer, I want to make sure that they're easy to teach and they learn quickly and, and maybe even say like part of your job is to learn and so you need to ask questions and take direction and, and use these people around you to get better. And if you argue with them, then that's not happening. Yeah, and maybe that's the elephant in the room for these people is to say, look, I get it. These other developers are younger than you. And you're you probably don't doesn't feel great to be taking instruction from someone who's like almost 10 years younger than you, but it turns out you need to. And that's one possibility. There's also another very distinct possibility, which is that 
These older folks have much more developed soft skills and interpersonal skills, and these young whippersnappers are actually pretty bad at delivering mentorship. <laughs> and, and, and maybe the older folks are just like, I get what you're saying, but I don't like how you're saying it. <laughs> yeah. There is, yeah, that's an interesting point because I think this is transferable from earlier careers. There's some like, you get crustier about dealing with um, stuff that seems uh, nonsense uh-huh. as, as you age in your career. Like maybe things that you look at bright-eyed and and naively as a as a twenty-two-year-old, you've you've seen those same general patterns even if it's in a different field somewhere else. So I don't know. You're not drinking the Kool-Aid as much. Yeah, and and maybe you can see with clear eyes, having just the experience on the earth, that some of these ideas are actually bad. You know, and may, maybe they're not bad for technical reasons. They're bad for social reasons or for team dynamic reasons or for other reasons that are really clear to you as someone, quote, with a family, (laughs) 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 to use the words of the 28-year-old, but aren't as clear to a young, uh, single, potentially, I'm I'm assuming single, you know, passionate, fiery 20-something-year-old. And and that's actually the the source of the clash. Not that the technical, it's not about the technical information. It's about all the ancillary stuff that these 20-somethings might not be aware of as much. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking back to your comment earlier about maybe you're not awesome at delivering this feedback Mm -hmm. i mean maybe yeah maybe they're trying to look at the feedback or instruction more critically and and really understand it and a younger person might be more inclined to just accept stuff that someone older and more experienced than them says like oh we do it this way and then you just go and do it that way because that's what that's what you were told where yeah they're maybe less inclined to just do what they were told especially if it's by someone younger than them even though they have more experience in the field so maybe explaining why more is is helpful? Yeah, I, I think that's a really good idea. And and it could be that you haven't had to explain yourself very well, very much in your career at this point. Um, you've just kind of cowboy coded it, perhaps. Or, I mean, or you just, uh, like, you work together with someone at your same level of experience. So you kind of have the same vocabulary. and Right, right. You can communicate in jargon and half sentences and they, they sort of make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so you're saying it might even be a generational vocabulary gap. I don't know about like generational, just work generational. I don't know. Field, field generational. It's just the, it's like the expert problem or expert dilemma. There's some name for that thing where. Yeah. If you know how to do a thing really well, that does not mean that you know how to articulate that thing really well to people without the same experience. Right. And the other the other possible source of friction here might have nothing to do with age and everything to do with just inexperience in the field. So you're speaking these terms and they're like, wait, what? What does that mean? And so they're asking lots of follow-up questions and you're interpreting that as resistance. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's worth just coming out and saying it and saying, hey, like I'm younger than you. I have more experience than you. This feels weird. <laughs> what can we do to work better together? Yeah, I, I would do that. But I would only do that if you're willing to be open-minded about what the other person says. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it could be that they've got some ideas and you might not like them. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just shut up and stop talking to me? <laughs> okay. Well, have we answered this question? I think we're getting close, but I would say one more thing that your managers should be on top of this dynamic. Like they decided to take 
what many would consider to be a risk by bringing in this very fresh, inexperienced talent with an age dynamic that's, you know, maybe they didn't think about that, but there is an age dynamic here. And it's their job to create a culture and environment where these this group can work together effectively. So I th- I do think I would go to my manager and just say, hey, there's an age dynamic here that I'm not quite getting. Can you give me some coaching? Have you seen my interactions? Can you tell what I may be doing wrong to, to contribute to the problem? And see what they say. And it, it, at the very least, it'll make them aware of the troubling dynamic to you. Uh, sorry, troubling to you dynamic. And they might be able to start putting in place things to help. So that's what I would suggest too. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. By the way, I just, I, I didn't quite get, I, I know time machine is the right answer, but I didn't quite get how you would use the time machine in this case. Yeah, I would use the time machine to go back and explain that earlier comment better. And the point <laughs> is that you you use a time machine to set up an expectations conversation when they are first hired ah, about okay. how, how they need to be open to learning as uh, that's part of their job as brand new, fresh bootcamp grad developers. Got it. So you're saying the old people are all at fault. I mean, I think that's the general trend in human history is <laughs> the older people are wrong and the younger people are, are right and have it all figured out. Yeah, true. My time to be right, though, is pretty much at an end, I think. Oh, yeah? I think it's my turn to start being wrong. Yeah, I feel that. Well, you're you're already wrong. Oh, my bad. Okay, well, that's why I feel it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because you're a Gen X, right? I am. Yeah, I'm in yeah. the 40s. I think Gen X is firmly, like, wrong, and millennials <laughs> are starting to be wrong, and and the Zoomers are right. That's I think but, that's where we are oh, right now. Oh, gosh. Millennials are starting to be wrong. Boy, it's, I that think clock so. of time is ticking along. Yep. But what's hilarious is that in the eyes of Gen X, the millennials have been wrong the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little did you know, we're the first generation to get it all right, though. Oh, man. Thank goodness. Finally. Yeah. Our saviors. Yep. Yep. (laughs) All right. What can people do if they want their own questions answered? Well, if you'd like to get your question answered by two people who are one is completely wrong and one is on the cusp of being completely wrong, you can go to soft skills. (laughs) (laughs) You can go to softskills.audio and click ask a question where you can fill out our form. And we just want to say thank you. Hands pressed together in front of me bowing slightly to you to say thank you for all the questions that come in every week we really appreciate them that was a very vivid image i like that i'm just nodding solemnly nice thank you i can tell your lips are pursed together eyebrows furrowed yeah furrowed i was i had to do it to think what do i look like and i start up and nod down like that (laughs) yep start on the upward swing and do you end on the oh you end back at neutral right of course okay yeah, because if you go, if you start from down to up, that's hello. <laughs> okay, got it. All right, I think we're done. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. <laughs> See ya.